great now that there's just not so much of that going on in the world around us. Uh, we don't have those things right now, do we? Uh, because I, I know the headlines just kind of for this week included uh, sexual harassment and abuse, nuclear missiles, uh, political scandals. And then the last few months, we've had stuff like mass shootings, violent protests, serial killers. Uh, and that video uh, was footage from this year's Black Friday shopping event. So... This is Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Right? And and if this is Christmas, what does that say about the rest of the year? Christmas is supposed to be about Christ's advent, his coming. Christ's coming into the world over 2,000 years ago as a baby born in Bethlehem. Uh, and in fact, that's actually what the, the word Advent means. It's, it means coming. And, and today marks the first day of Advent. And, and so if, if Jesus came, and like the song says, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, where's, where's the peace? Where's the love? Where's the joy? And there's, there's a disconnect, Right? If if Jesus, the light of the world, has come, why is there so much darkness? If the Prince of Peace has come, why is there so much conflict? If if the Word of Life has come, why is there so much death? And I and I do not want to pretend that there is an easy answer to that question. Uh, But I do think that there is an answer, and that it goes back to Advent. Back to Christ coming as a vulnerable baby, lying in a manger that doubled as a cradle. And and all of the Gospels describe Jesus' coming into the world, but I I really think it's the Apostle John that, uh, that really puts fullness and depth and even poetry into describing Christ's coming, his Advent and, and to explore all of that this Christmas season, we're starting a new series this week called The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown. And, and we're going to be going through the book of 1 John. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'd like you to open with me to 1 John chapter 1. And if you would like a Bible, just by all means, wave at Bill. Bill would love to bring one up to you. And if you don't have a Bible... By all means, we would love for you to keep one of these uh, because we'd love to have you in God's word because he's the one who's going to change everything in our hearts. And being in his word is the way um, that we are going to begin to let his words penetrate us. So 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. So if you have a red Bible, that's on page 862. All right. So 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this 
to make our joy complete. Well, let's take a moment. Um, I, I want to pray kind of before we jump into this text any further. So please pray with me. Father, I ask that this Christmas season you would begin to align our hearts even more so with understanding the advent of Jesus Christ, the advent of his coming, that we would be able to look to the, the cradle, the cross, and the crown, of fully being able to understand the power and the majesty and the glory of Jesus Christ while also understanding um, his vulnerability and humility and um, dependence on you, God. And, Father, I ask that you, your Holy Spirit would work within us to, uh, to open up our hearts, open up our ears, so that we could come to know Jesus more, and not just to know him more. Father, that more of our lives would be opened to Jesus, and more of our lives would be laid before Jesus um, for his will to be done. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, First John is a letter that's written by the Apostle John, and uh, it's, it's his first letter that's believed to be written to the churches in the region of Asia. And, and similar to John's letter, um, in the first words of John's gospel, his account of Jesus' life and ministry, uh, John, John writes this here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. So John's letter repeats these same thoughts, uh, which we saw. That which was from the beginning, that was in verse 1. Who was with the Father, that's verse 2. And that's, that's talking about Jesus' divinity. And then John says, he has appeared to us. And that's talking about his incarnation. And not just appeared, but John says, we have seen, heard, and touched him. And he doesn't just repeat these thoughts. He repeatedly repeats them. Eight times he talks about seeing, hearing, and touching Jesus. And we can't miss the fact that, uh, that John stresses the physical nature of of Jesus, the Son of God who was with God and came to us. And then three times he calls Jesus the life, the word of life, the eternal life. And then three more times in verses 1, 2, and 3, he says, we proclaim. We proclaim what we have seen and heard and touched. My daughter, Aria, is, is four now, and back in the summer, right when she was turning four, uh, we'd be praying, and she'd say, why can't I see Jesus? Why can't we see him? And, and I'd say, well, we will one day when he comes back, um, but right now, Jesus is with God in heaven. And that's true, and it, and it seemed to kind of satisfy uh, her question but there's something to that question, right? There's a, there's a longing to see Jesus, to hear him, to touch him. And, and in verse 2, John says, we did. <laughs> and we testify to this. And in Greek, that word for testify is martureo, which is where we get the word martyr, which means to bear witness, to give testimony, uh, like you would in a court of law, like you would 
if your life depended on it or hung in the balance because of it, testifying to what they had seen and heard and touched. Back when I was in high school, um, I was packing to go to camp one summer, and I made the uh, boneheaded decision to pack a um, whole ammo can of fireworks. That's me in a nutshell. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, and somewhere during the week, my cousin Ben and I had the great idea that we thought it would be hilarious if uh, we lit all of these firecrackers and then threw them in the boys' bathhouse. <laughs> and so you guys are not laughing. This was pretty funny, see, because that's what we did. Um, and so we stood outside the door laughing like little girls and just continued to light and throw in M80s and packs of black cats, a couple bottle rockets, It's a good thing we didn't have Roman candles. (laughs) Um, And then we ran, of course, because that's what you do. And we thought it was the funniest thing in the world until uh, we got rumor that the camp directors had heard about this. Uh, And and somehow they knew it was us. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, you know, being the brilliant mathematician I was, I, I hid the ammo can in the woods with the rest of the firecrackers. And... Not too long after that, Bruce, the, the camp maintenance director, uh, came and found us, and he was like, all right, guys, where are they? <laughs> and we went, and we gave him the ammo can, and, and we were like, how did you know? <laughs> Do you know how he knew? <laughs> he was in the bathhouse. <laughs> and probably heard the two of us giggling like little girls all the time. <laughs> He was there. He was able to testify to what he had heard and seen and possibly felt. (laughs) John tells us he testifies to what they had seen and heard and touched. The life. The life that was with the Father in the beginning and came into the world. A world that does have headlines and did have headlines pretty similar to our own. A world desperately in need of peace, love, and joy. And and John says in verses 3 and 4 that they proclaim, they testify to it for a purpose. That we, that, that you and I, might have fellowship with John and with those who had seen and heard and touched Jesus. And that together with them, and because of their testimony, and in line with Scripture... We'd have fellowship with God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And that word fellowship in Greek is also unique because it's koinonia. And that has this connotation and this meaning of a partnership association, a plural participation, community, intimacy. And sometimes I think, we think that the fellowship just kind of means like a, a quick handshake and maybe some small talk. But that's not what this means. It means a true and intimate relationship with one another and with Jesus Christ. And then finally, in verse 4, uh, John says, we write this, we, we testify, we proclaim, we declare this to make our joy complete. And it's like something is missing in our faith. Something is missing in, 
in the joy of experiencing our faith in Jesus without declaring what we have seen and heard and felt. There's a joy in declaring it. Uh, And in fact, I've got a couple of videos today, and uh, I, I think this one fits really well with this concept, and it's pretty cute, so check this out. Yes. What'd you get, walk? Sean? What? Oh, boy. Whose birthday today? Jesus is. <laughs> All right, Sean, you want to open this? Sean, how can I open the big one? This could have been the Kelm House circa 1984. Well, in January, I got fine. All right. That that kid gets it, right? (laughs) And that was just the Nintendo. (laughs) When we've experienced Jesus Christ, our joy is, is only made complete when we declare it, when we shout it around the room and declare what we have seen and heard and felt. And I think as we look at, at how this affects us today, how, it, how this affects us in this, this dark, conflicted, and broken Christmas season uh, that we find ourselves in, it, true and complete joy is only found when we both experience and proclaim the advent of Jesus Christ. I have that in your handout, too. Uh, True and complete joy is only found when we both experience and proclaim the advent of Jesus Christ. And I think there's some powerful truths from from this passage of Scripture in 1 John that we can focus on, that we we can begin to hone in on. I think there's at least four observations we can make on how Jesus' advent, his coming, radically changed the lives of the disciples and how his coming radically changes our lives today. And so here's what we see about Jesus' coming. Jesus had come as a baby. Jesus had come as light into darkness. Jesus had come as Emmanuel. And Jesus had come and is coming again. And and this all starts with a cradle, a manger, uh, and, and that's that's our first observation that John continually and continually stresses that Jesus was real, that he was human, that he physically came into the world, and not just that, but that he came as a baby. He didn't come with glory or power or majesty, but in humility, vulnerability, and dependence. And why does that make a difference? Well, I think it makes a difference because Jesus needed to learn how to depend on God for everything. And he experienced everything we experience. And I think uh, the uh, writer of Hebrews puts it best in Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Now, we may not think of Jesus as weak. We may not think of him as poor. But this is what it says in 2 Corinthians. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And again, going back then to why this matters in our own lives, this is what it says in Philippians 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. In the same way that Jesus modeled humility, vulnerability, and dependence, we also need to come to God the Father the same way. Helpless as a child and in total need of depending on him for everything. Knowing he's gone before us in the person of Jesus Christ and that he understands all of our needs. But Jesus also didn't stay a baby. And that's our, our second observation of Jesus' coming. Jesus had come as light into darkness. But sometimes, especially around Christmas, uh, we like to just think of baby Jesus. Uh, we want to keep Jesus in the cradle. And actually, I've got a, a funny clip here about baby Jesus. And this is my last clip, I promise. And I think Mike Moran may have showed this before, but here you go. Here's baby Jesus. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. <laughs> Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg and it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good. <sighs> Dear tiny Jesus, <laughs> you're golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist palm. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? <laughs> and <laughs> it, it keeps going. Sweet baby Jesus. Eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. <laughs> He's adorable. He's manageable. He's tame. It, it's the adult Jesus that people aren't sure what to do with. Because he's not tame. He's not manageable. And see, Jesus came as light into darkness, true light, radiant light, light that casts out the darkness. And in the verses that come just after the, uh, our, ver our section that we read in 1 John, this, this is what John says after that. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. His coming into the world, his advent as light, changes us because as we draw near to him, 
everything that's in us that's not like him is revealed. And as we continue to allow his light to penetrate us, and as we draw into who he is, the darkness within us will be expelled. And that's not manageable. That's not containable. That's not controllable. And I think that's why it's easier at Christmas for many to, to keep Jesus as a baby in the cradle. But like John says, we're either walking in the light as he is in the light and is light, or we're walking in darkness. And walking in the light is about obedience. And where the light of Christ is lived out, that's where the dark and where the light is and where the light is proclaimed, darkness will flee. Darkness is expelled. And Jen Ellison, who was here a couple weeks ago with us speaking, um, had a great story that she shared about just simple obedience and proclaiming Jesus. Um, and, and she started by saying, testimony is very difficult to have without obedience. So the heart of discipleship is obedience-based, not acquiring more knowledge. And then she told that the story on how um, she had moved into a new neighborhood and she felt God's call to proclaim and bring the light of Jesus into, into her neighborhood, into her neighbors. And so she posted something online about being a new mom and looking for other moms that maybe wanted to connect and go for walks. And this was her first act of simple obedience. And then she said uh, how she met a woman who was sick not um, not unhealthy, but the Sikh religion. Um, some people say Sikh. Um, and so they started going on walks together. And, and Jen had read scripture one morning, another simple act of obedience, uh, and, and had been kind of chewing on it all day. And, and then when she went on a walk with her friend, her new friend asked her you know, how she was doing. How was your day today? And she was thinking to herself, like, oh, gosh, you know, kind of, I don't know, do I share with her that? The scripture's kind of been, bug, you know, really weighing on me all day. They've been wrestling with it. I've been chewing on it. And then she's like, well, I don't know. Why don't I share it? And so, so she did. And here, this sick woman listened to Jen say, yeah, um, well, I read this verse from the Bible this morning. And then she proceeded to share what that verse was. Um, and, and then she said, yeah, I've been, I've been wrestling with it all day. And I'm not sure what to think. What do you think? And so here, her friend, who was not a follower of Jesus by any means, was a totally different religion, um, was also thinking and weighing through God's word. Jesus came as light and calls us to walk in the light and shine the light into the darkness. And simple obedience leads to testimony and the opportunity to proclaim that the light has come. And our third observation is about Jesus' coming is that he came as Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, and and it, God had come to be with us in the person of Jesus. And we call this the Incarnation. And probably more than any other New Testament writer, John attests to Christ's divinity, his, his quality with God and existence with God from the beginning. 
And most scholars believe that uh, John is probably specifically addressing heresies that, uh, that were around at the time, saying that Jesus was not divine. And we might not have specific um, heresies or blatant heresies like that in the church today, uh, but I do think that many Christians do live like Jesus isn't divine, that he is not Lord of lords and above all things. And, and many followers of Jesus Christ simply forget the sheer wonder that Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us, not a distant God, uh, but one who walked among us to have an intimate relationship with us and to draw us to God the Father through himself. And John never loses that wonder. He proclaims it over and over again. He's filled with complete joy just at the chance to write about it. And yet so often we lose that wonder that sense of awe, and forget that Jesus is Emmanuel. And I think the fourth observation is paired with this one, this fourth observation of Advent, and it's that Jesus had come and is coming again. My wife, Sharice, is reading through um, a really cool devotional book on Advent put out by a group called She Reads Truth, and it talks about how in the Christmas season of Advent, Christ followers around the world do two things. They remember and anticipate. Uh, and and here's, here's what it says. During Advent, we remember when our Savior stepped out of eternity into time to take on flesh. He came to live among us and offers his life for us, dying for our sins and rising from the grave. At Christmas, we don't just celebrate that he came. We celebrate why he came. We also anticipate Christ's promised return. After Jesus finished the work he had come to do, he promised he would return to establish his kingdom for all eternity. Celebrating Christmas is an act of worshiping the living Savior who will come again to make all things new. Jesus Christ has come, and he is coming again. This is the heart of Advent. He is coming again. Are we anticipating it? In our passage, uh, John said they, they had complete joy in just sharing this message. And in John's Gospel, in chapter 16, when, when Jesus talks about his return, he says, you will rejoice and your joy will be complete. So to recap our observations, Jesus had come as a baby. Jesus had come as light into darkness. Jesus had come as Emmanuel. And Jesus had come and is coming again. And we started with a disconnect. A handful of difficult questions, remember? If the advent of Jesus has happened, if Jesus has come, where's the peace? Where's the love? Where's the joy? Why is there still so much darkness and conflict and death? Where is Jesus? He has come and is coming again. His kingdom has begun, but it's not yet fulfilled. And so, as we wait... We 
us as followers of Jesus Christ are called to bring the light of Christ into the darkness wherever we go to experience Emmanuel, God with us, and to proclaim and testify what we have seen and heard and felt. And like we said in the beginning, true and complete joy is only found when we both experience and proclaim the advent of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I just ask that you would help us understand this. Um, I thank you for John's words to us that, that you wrote through him. I thank you for uh, this ability to look at what it means um, to explore the advent of Jesus' coming. Beginning with, with the cradle, with the manger. As we look forward, Lord, uh, to also see the full life of Jesus Christ and how his life transforms our own. Father, I ask in our hearts that you would begin a work, that you would draw us nearer to the light of Christ, and that you would reveal within us the things that are not like you, the ways that we are holding out. And, and Father, I ask that you'd give us open hearts, that we would desire to, to draw further into you. Lord, I, I also ask um, in this season of Christmas that you would work through a your followers, the followers of Jesus Christ, your church, and that in, in our greater Kiwaskum area, that you would use your church, your people, to bring light into the darkness, to proclaim the kingdom of Jesus Christ, that we would declare and testify to what we have seen and heard and felt, that we would obediently walk forward and have stories to share because of our obedience. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word and to know you more. And we, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.